Hi, my name is Nikki, and welcome to Quick Picks, a reader's advisory podcast for all kinds of media available at the library. If you want suggestions on what to try next, we're here to help. When I was young, I read horror almost exclusively. R.L. Stein, Christopher Pike, and then I moved on to Dean Koontz and Stephen King and John Saul, um, which was right around the age of probably 12 or 13. So I started young. <laughs> I got away from horror for a long time, but in the last few years, I've returned to it. And I find that there are a lot of really good stories there, and some of them are my favorites. So we're doing a podcast today on spooky stories, and Tana is going to join me, even though she is not a fan of horror, <laughs> but she has read a few books, and we're going to talk about them. Welcome back, Tana. Thanks, Nikki. Yes, this is not my favorite category, but in an effort to read new things, <laughs> I gave a couple a try. So we'll go with that for right now. I find that I like the spooky stories that aren't gory. Mm -hmm. Like if they're just kind of creepy and there's maybe a vampire or a ghost or something like that, I don't mind those. Yeah. It's those like Friday the 13th type of the slasher. horror yeah. slasher thing <laughs> that I just can't do. Yeah. They make me stay up too late at night. <laughs> so I read The Vampires of El Norte. And last year, I also read the book by the same author called The Hacienda. I liked both of those, Mexican, Gothic type of a story. The vampire one we both just finished. So let's talk about that one first. Mm -hmm. I thought this was going to be scarier. <laughs> so I thought I warned you. It's a love story. <laughs> yeah, but I still thought that there was going to be more, more vampires. Yeah. Because it starts off pretty brutal mm -hmm. with this vampire attack. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm preparing myself. And then, yes, it kind of dove into a love story for some reason, um, which was nice. It was a nice story. I liked that the love story component came more from the man's point of view, that he was the one that was always thinking of her mm -hmm. or, you know, making a home together and stuff like that, which was just different. Yeah. Right. I mean, usually when we read a love story, it's the woman that is fantasizing about what their life could be like together or yeah. whatever. And this was Nestor. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> it was Nestor's love story. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I liked that it was told from both of their perspectives. So mm -hmm. sometimes he would tell his side and then you would get kind of her like, okay, well, that wasn't what yeah. was going on. It was more like this. Mm -hmm. Kind of balanced it out a little bit. The vampires, the description of the vampires was creepy. Yes. But they're not like normal vampires no. in any other book I've ever read. No, same. Mm -hmm. That was like, okay, this was different. It, I think we talked about this. It was more like Dobby or Gollum. Those were the images that, yeah. like, that kind of skinny, straggly looking body and yeah. a big head, but no eyes. Right. Which was also creepy. Yeah. And it was... They were more creature-like, and they weren't talking to humans. They weren't passing themselves off as humans. They, they weren't interacting with humans. They would just bite a human here and there. Render them helpless. Yes, but there was no turning them into vampires either. No, they just were. Although that one guy on the battlefield, mm. there was, there was yeah. something. There was one part where it described 
him as a person and then it came out, that was creepy. Yeah. That was a creepy part. That's about <laughs> in the middle. Just be prepared. But overall, I liked it. It was a nice story. Mm-hmm. It had um, family dynamics, which are always interesting, mm-hmm. even if this was, you know, set out in the middle of the uh, prairie type of thing in Texas. Texas, Mexico, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, um, it was, so it was the battle in um, 1846. Okay, that's what I couldn't remember what year it was. Texas and Mexico, it's the United States-Mexico War, and so we're reading it from the side of all of the people who are called into um, defending Mexico, and a lot of them are just farmers. Yeah. Farmers they, and ranchers. Very ill-equipped. Yes. To handle what was going on. And mm-hmm. then you throw in these vampires that right. would come through and be like, oh. <laughs> I thought it was good. I, if you're looking for a creepy October kind of book, this fits that bill. It's creepy enough. It has some horror-ish elements, but it wasn't so scary. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the Hacienda by her was scarier. Oh, yeah. Um, and that one is also set in about that same time frame. And it is the young girl that comes to live with her husband out in the middle of nothing after we used to be in the town and how she wasn't really very well liked by the people that were already there and creepy things were happening all the time. And so she wasn't sure who or what was doing that. That to me was creepier. Mm -hmm. And that yeah, I thought that one was good. Yeah, that one was a lot spookier to me. Those are are my two spooky ones. Mm -hmm. Um, We have talked about this next author before, uh, Simone St. James. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you a red alert that this is coming out soon. The next one that she has is called Murder Road. And I'm not very far into it, but I feel like it's going to be along the same lines as Simone St. James books have been with some kind of ghost element to it. Mm -hmm. And creepy stuff. So this couple is on their honeymoon. They met six months ago and they got married, so they don't really know each other very well. They're on their way to their honeymoon. They miss their turn, so they're on this road that's completely dark, trying to figure out where they're going before GPS, before Mm -hmm. cell phones. And they come across this woman on the side of the road. So they go to help her, and they notice that she is bleeding. So they need to get her to a hospital. So they put her in the car and take her. And this truck comes up behind me, and she's saying, he's chasing me. And when the truck goes by them at the turnoff, the the main character man in the story thinks he might have seen someone in the back of the truck, but he's not sure. They take her to the hospital. The police are called. We'll see what happens next. (laughs) I am a little curious where this is going. I think the road is going to be haunted. That's my guess. Oh, interesting. That bad things happen on this stretch of road. Yeah. And so they're investigating. But she hasn't disappointed me yet. So I'm I'm hopeful for this one. And maybe at some point I'll update you on how it went. I do like her books because they're real ghosts. It's not one of those where at the end it has a Scooby-Doo ending and you find out someone was faking the ghosts. They're actual ghosts, and it's a mystery to solve. And often it's dual timelines. Yes. So I like that about her books. Very good. 
All right. Let's hear what you've got because I know you have tons. Um, okay, so I love Grady Hendrix. I'll read all of his books. I particularly liked uh, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, which I know you read and you just thought it was bleh. <laughs> it was too freaky. Well. <laughs> yeah, he's he I feel like he goes overboard and he he overstimulates the readers. Mm-hmm. That's kind of I, I feel like that's his thing. Um, but when I think about things that are supremely creepy. These are some of my most creepy things, and these are all in this book, How to Sell a Haunted House, okay? Clowns, <laughs> puppets and dolls, things that speak in a falsetto, childlike voice when they shouldn't, <laughs> anything getting jammed into an eyeball, Ew. Yeah. performing an amputation, so creepy, mm-hmm taxidermied animals oh yeah ventriloquism (laughs) a dead body in your backyard for decades all in the same book Uh uh-huh oh i'm not done oh haunted objects okay and then i have a new creepy thing that i learned from grady hendrix in this book pizza chinese and you're gonna have to read it to find out what that is but it is disgusting (laughs) But these books are so well-liked. Yes. So he must have something for everyone in these stories. They're scary. They're creepy. They're gory. They have an actual plot line to it. And this book was hilarious because it was about two adult siblings. And if you can imagine two competitive siblings that are there like basically to annoy each other and act like idiots when you're kids well they never grew out of it and so they're (laughs) constantly picking on each other and pushing buttons and it is so funny because it's just like watching any other siblings picking at each other so that was hilarious i thought that was a great a great addition to the story but that's your your, that i feel like falls into the typical horror category not like spooky but it's it's truly horror The Spite House by Johnny Compton. This is, I think he's a newer author. This might even be a debut. This was narrated by Adam Lazar White, who we love, who does the S.A. Cosby books. Yes. So I was like, oh, sign me up. I need to listen. Yeah. And I bet his voice is perfect for that kind of creepy vibe. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So this is also a gothic uh, haunted house situation. You learn about what a spite house is, and you learn about the some of the m- most evil and creepy ghosts I've ever read about in this book. And it has like a, an interesting dynamic because it's a father and his two daughters, and his older daughter kind of takes care of the younger daughter, like she takes on the mothering role, and they're on the run. So he has agreed to stay in this house to get some money so that they can support themselves and the ghosts have some some other things in mind for them (laughs) the ghosts have other thoughts yes Mm. it's a really good fast-paced book there's good characters and i thought the ending was so disturbing and if anybody reads it and wants to talk about it please reach out because holy cow (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Another one of my favorite horror authors who just writes the total horror book slashery kind of thing is Stephen Graham Jones. And I'm so excited that he's doing the tomorrow, yeah, the webinar tomorrow that we get to watch um, for Illinois. I can't remember what it in, is. Illinois Library Presents, yes. ILP. So his new book is Don't Fear the Reaper, which is the second in a trilogy of books. The first one was um, My Heart is a Chainsaw, and you have to read that first because you won't understand anything going on in this. So this is the book about Indian Lake, which is where the whole story started with the, the lake is haunted and there's a girl who lives underneath the water. But so many other things happen. And this is one of those gory, brutal, slasher movies, and it's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got... You've got all these murders going on, but a very famous serial killer has escaped in the area, and everybody is attributing all of the murders to him, but they've got another thing coming. <laughs> yeah. So I just, if you like gory and you like scary, creepy horror books, this is a great one to jump in with, this series, and I really want to read the third one now very badly. <laughs> All of the books that I've chosen are 2023 publication okay. dates, except for this one. And I really wanted to include it because it brought up something that I really wanted to talk about. The book is called Crossroads by Laurel Hightower. And this is from 2020. The first thing I want to say is a lot of men have written horror over the years. It's been a male-dominated field for a very long time. And I feel like women have a different spin on writing stories. And this book really brought that out. It was gory and scary and spooky and creepy. But it had so much better character delivery and character dynamics. Okay. I think that comes from women. I think men write great books that are... Like you're voyeuristic, you're watching these things, crazy things happen. Whereas when women write, you're more empathetic. Mm -hmm. You feel like there's more emotions that you're feeling that is true with the characters. And so this story is about a mother and her adult son has died in a car accident. And she goes and visits the roadside marker repeatedly. And one day she cuts herself and she bleeds on the ground and that night he visits her <laughs> so she decides that she has to make some sort of a blood sacrifice every time she wants to see her son again and each time it gets shorter and shorter so she needs to do more and more sacrifices oh geez yeah <laughs> <laughs> Her, her offerings need to go up a notch every single time. So this is an interesting book about mother, son, and grief. Mm -hmm. uh, a very, very short book that I read was Arnold's Letter by Michael Vandervoort. And it's super short. It is just a letter that Arnold wrote to his mother in which he confessed to killing his sister. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Like it starts out where he says, I know you're upset and I know me telling you this is going to make you very angry. He's like, don't destroy the letter. Keep it for a time when you've recovered a little bit and then come back and read this because I have a story to tell you. 
interesting. Yeah. So that was a that was a it was spooky, but it it was creepier than anything. It wasn't scary. It wasn't, but it was it's a mind bender. Um, another one in the the classic horror vein, All Hollows by Christopher Golden. He is um, he's a very popular horror writer. Writer period. So this one was kind of gripping and kind of gross. It was about Halloween in this suburban town, and these three kids, strangers, show up for like the parties and the trick-or-treating and all that, and they're trying to blend in with the other kids. Then they start changing, and they start getting more and more aggressive and scarier. And I'll be honest, one of the things that I don't like, really don't like in scary stories is when you have a malevolent child. Yeah. That's so, ooh, that's the creepiest of all. I just can't handle those. (laughs) So you've got these three kids and they're trying to lure other kids to this big tree, which is a portal. Oh. But then you also have this other guy called the cunning man and they're more afraid of him and he's just a killer so i didn't understand that dynamic all that much but it was gross and the families that are in this neighborhood it's all about their relationships and there's teenagers and it's it takes place in the 80s too so when the monsters the kids show up in the neighborhood a lot of secrets start getting revealed about the families Mm. And it it kind of, to me, it shed light on like, we say that murderers and pedophiles and all that kind of stuff, they're more prevalent these days. But I think that they were prevalent in the 80s. We just didn't hear about them and know about them as much. We didn't they're, have smartphones. We yes. didn't have 24-hour news. Right. A lot of things could happen then. Yeah. And it didn't get broadcast until maybe 6 or 10. Right. You didn't know who your next-door neighbor was because yeah. you couldn't check the sex offender registry or anything like that. Yeah. You didn't know what you were dealing with. and. Mm-hmm pretty much the kids were free to roam. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was for me. So yeah, that was that was a really scary one. Downpour by Christopher Hawkins is one that's not as scary, but it's so creepy. And if you want to add to the creep factor, read it on a rainy day. <laughs> this weird rainstorm is hovering over an area and it's not moving. And as the book goes on, the weatherman gets increasingly more and more agitated and freaked out by it. But in the beginning, he's going, ah, it's just a storm. It's fine. It's just a storm. It'll pass. And this is another one of those tropes where there's one person who is aware that something is not right and nobody believes him. Okay. So it's the dad. It's the dad and the two kids, and he's trying to get them to the storm cellar to avoid the rain because the rain is coming down like crazy, and it's changing people. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> and the rain is relentless, so it is. it has gotten through the roof. There are puddles building up inside the house. It's tearing the house apart, essentially. It's too much water. And if you touch it, it starts to change you. So he's trying to get to the storm cellar to save the kids. And multiple attempts are made. And it's just really, it's a creepy one. It sounds like it. Yeah. Delicious Monsters by LaSalle Sandberg. It is considered a YA, but I think it's definitely entertaining to adults as well. It's 
Canadian, so it takes place north of Toronto. And you have Black and mixed-race people involved in the story. So there's a dual timeline. Ten years ago, you had Daisy, and in the present, you have Brittany. So Daisy sees ghosts. She sees dead people. And sometimes they're transparent, and you can't physically interact with them. But some are corporeal, so they can maim, kill. They can do anything that they want. They're just like regular bodies. And she's the only one who can see them. And she and her mom move back. Her mom inherits a mansion, and they move back into this old town. And her mom won't go in the mansion, and Daisy's not allowed in it either. But they're fixing it up. They're living in the bunkhouse and fixing it up to do Airbnb. And at first, I was like, how do you expect to Airbnb a house you won't even go into? Like, what the heck is going on here? And you get to find out later on. So then uh, you've got Brittany in the present, and she's a teenager too. And she she and her friend Jaden do a ghost hunting series online. And her next episode that she wants to do is to investigate what happened with Daisy 10 years ago. And so she's interviewing people, and the people interviewing are giving you some of the history, and you're getting the same timeline progressively. And it's really interesting. A lot of secrets are uncovered, and... Brittany doesn't hear the whole side of it, all of the truth, but she uncovers other secrets that you didn't know were there. Okay. So it's it's an interesting book, I think. And the two characters, the two girls, Daisy and Brittany, both have these really untrustworthy, mean, unlikable mothers. So there's an interesting dynamic there. The moms are not necessarily good. Um so that was interesting. But I really liked that story. Uh, that was absolutely four, four and a half stars for me, even though it was YA. Oh, good. The Nightmare Man by J.H. Markert. This was super creepy, gory, scary. You've got multiple killers going on. It involves multiple bad guys that are based on people's worst nightmares. And there's a lot of bad guys. <laughs> And there's a weird connection to a local asylum. And anytime I see the word asylum, I'm like, oh, bad, bad bad things. They don't call it asylum anymore. (laughs) So um, there's lots of action, lots of tension, and it's a really fast-paced, scary book. And lastly, I have The Nestlings. Okay, so there's this luxury apartment in Manhattan, and this couple with an infant child win a lottery to move into this rent-controlled apartment and it's it's big and gothic but i had a hard time picturing it as big and gothic because i just kept seeing the building from only murders in the building oh yeah and um and it was just more you know a happy go lucky kind of yeah. fun nice little place. yeah a fun setting uh but things start turning right away Anna is the mother, and she's in a wheelchair. She was a dancer, but something happened during the childbirth, and it screwed up her her spine. Yeah, so she's paraplegic. And Reed is the husband, and he's basically supporting the family and doing every single thing that needs to be done because she can't do a whole lot in the wheelchair. And then things start happening to the infant daughter. And they're like, oh, is it bed bugs? What is it? And then there's, like, for a long, long time, you have this... expectation that it's going to be about bugs. It's not so much about bugs. (laughs) (laughs) I can't really go into it. It's been compared to Rosemary's Baby mixed with Salem's Lot. So there is a vampire element in it, although it's a completely different type of vampire. And 
there's something going on with the baby and the baby starts acting weird. And this is another one of my things. I don't like bad babies. So I liked the book because it came up with a whole new monster to me. And it wasn't like your typical zombies or vampires or, you know, rabid creatures or serial killers. He made up a whole new monster. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. I've got a, I, you know, I read all these lists and they say, oh, these are scary books. They're coming out. And so many of them, I get them and they're not remotely scary. They're just a thriller. And it's really disappointing to me. There's a, um, a book, Let Him In by William Friend. The cover is so cool. The cover is really cool. And you look at it and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And it was not scary at all. It, no, this one was um, the daughters, the guy has a daughters and they have an invisible friend. Oh, see, I think that could be creepy. It is creepy, but it wasn't it wasn't a horror book in my opinion. It wasn't it didn't quite qualify, but the the cover was so cool. What about um Jennifer McMahon? Is that oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think those books are creepy. Some of them are and some of them I like hit or miss with her. One of my all-time favorite scary books was Winter People. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. That was terrifying that was to me. Yeah. It was scary and creepy and gross, and it hit all. I feel like it checked all the boxes. Yeah. 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 But some of her other books, they've been like, oh, this is a nice ghost. She's trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that that was her intention. <laughs> but that's how it came across. Yeah. That, that's one other author that I've read a few of that uh-huh. I've walked away with, like, okay, <laughs> I need to read something light and fluffy now with, you know, Bambi or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, a good book, a mm-hmm. solid book. Yeah. But not quite as. Some of those sounded very scary. Oh, yeah. A lot of them were like, oh, my gosh. It, it's like you said, read in the daylight. Yes. Mm. all the lights on. Even. Yes. <laughs> even in the daylight. Yeah. This was fun, though. I got to hear about some different things. That, yeah. You know, so a couple of those I might even look at just because I think the concept of them is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. As long as it's light outside. <laughs> I could probably do that. Yeah. And and there's more and more real ghost stories that are out there, which I'm liking a lot. Those are my favorites. And oh, Simone St. James has the other, the short story, Ghost 19, that came out in January. And that was decent. So if you're a fan of the ghosts and Simone St. James, that's out there for you as well. Well, we hope you have a number of good suggestions to keep you company on these dark autumnal nights in spooky season. And we're always open to suggestions or, you know, if you're so disturbed you want to talk about it, please reach out. Yeah, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tana, for joining me again. Oh, yes, it was fun. <laughs> And that brings this episode of Quick Picks to a close. We hope you join us next time for more suggestions in different genres and maybe different media. My name is Nikki, and Quick Picks is coming to you from the Round Lake Area Public Library in Round Lake, Illinois. The end.